we are really excited today because we have uh, preaching the word to us today, our pastoral resident, um, Dakota Briscoe. And so, so let me just give you a little bit of context for what a pastoral resident is. Um, I sometimes joke and say it's just a fancy way of saying intern, but that's really not totally true because um, intern usually is someone who's like getting coffee or, you know, kind of doing all the junk that no one else wants to do um, and not getting paid anything. Um, but we believe that God calls us to do ministry in 4G. Now, that was a lot cooler sounding before they came out with 5G, but it's still true nonetheless. Second Timothy 2.2 uh, is it, we find Paul saying to Timothy, what you have heard from me, Paul, which you have heard, Timothy, entrust to faithful men who will then be able to teach others also. So we see there are four generations of ministry passing the baton of ministry uh, one to another. Paul, Timothy, faithful men, others also. And so one of the things like I felt very strongly about um, early on in the life of our church, we're still early on in the life of our church, is we want to be a place where uh, guys who are called into ministry, uh, men who are called to be pastors, those who are called to be in ministry um, can be trained and be equipped for what forever we have to offer to offer that to them. And one of the best ways to do that is like, hey, like just jump in the deep end and come and preach the word and uh, I'm tired, I'm jet-lagged, and I don't want to pr prepare a sermon, and so uh, Dakota is going to come and do that. So I'm going to invite Dakota up, um, and uh, don't forget your microphone. And uh, I'm going to pray over him. So what I want you to do in a, in a sign of solidarity is to reach your right hand out, not like full like extension, like when we were at the, the SBC annual meeting, it's like, you know, like Hitler youth, you know, just like kind of like just a little relaxed like that, like you're laying hands on him virtually. And uh, we're just going to pray over him as he, as he prepares to bring the word. Father, in Jesus' name, by your spirit, I thank you uh, for Dakota. I thank you for uh, your uh, calling on his life. Thank you for the gifting you've placed into him and for his heart to, uh, to sharpen the, the tools you've given him. And uh, so we're going to hear about that idea of sharpening and, and, and leaning on one another. Pray that you would speak uh, through him. Uh, I know he's worked hard to prepare this message, and, uh, and he's, he's, he's ready. Um, and Lord, I pray your spirit would have freedom, as I prayed over him earlier, that uh, if there's anything in these notes that he doesn't need to say, that you would just edit it out. And if there's anything uh, that's not in his notes that he does need to say, that you would add it in, and that uh, you would just give him great joy as he brings your word to your people. In Jesus' name, help us to have listening ears. Amen. Check, check, mic one, two, one, two. All right, I just want to say thank you to Danny for just giving me this awesome opportunity to open God's word with us this afternoon. I'm super excited to be talking about how we can sharpen each other through authentic community. See, before, before we jump in and get started, I got a quick little video I want to show us, and then uh, we'll get this party started. <laughs> Jeff said this would be a good video for why men don't live as long as long as women. <laughs> Shut up. 
Uh, that's not where it was supposed to be stopped, but okay, awesome. Um, so we see that video, and I know a couple thoughts, and uh, oh, thank you. Um, yes, that is me, and I do look that good, and yes, Kaylin is very lucky. Um, so I show you that video to take a look at one particular thing about that video. It's not me, even though I do look good, and it's not the wood that I'm hitting. It's what I'm using to hit that wood with. It's the axe that I'm using to try to chop that wood. See, that axe that I'm using is very, very old, and it's very, very used. See, I'm confident in saying that that axe that I was using has not been sharpened since the day it was bought and it was made because the axe was so old that literally the axe head was taped, had electric duct tape. It was literally taped to the handle. I don't know if it was OSHA approved, but that doesn't matter. Either way, that axe was very old. And as you can see, when I'm trying to chop the wood, you see me, I get a couple good hits in, here and there, but you see me get it stuck. And the video is actually a lot longer, but um, I decided it was, didn't want to show you the whole thing because it was five minutes long. But um, I didn't feel like we were necessary. But I get it stuck a lot more times than you see in the video. Right before I get that last swing, I get it stuck the worst. And when it, it gets stuck into the wood and you just... It literally takes all four, uh, me and the other guy, to pry it out of the wood because it's so dull. And so if we're honest with ourselves, we are just like that axe. We are just worn out like that axe. We're out in the world doing what God has called us to do. Maybe we're out there sharing the good news and keeping away from the worldliness, but eventually we start to dull down. Maybe we're dulled down because we've been dealing with temptation after temptation, and we start wearing, wearing down our axe that way. Or maybe we're just dealing with feeling lonely. We just feel like we're out in this world living life and just we're alone. No one's there for us and we just, our acts gets dull that way. Or maybe we're just burnt out. We've been working so hard every day in and out. We're just working so hard in our ministry or in our daily job. We just feel worn out. <laughs> See, we may be out there chopping down tree after tree after tree, but our axe gets less and less effective until we make sure to sharpen it. This afternoon, I want us to look at some effective ways and steps that we can sharpen our, our blade and be able to be just as effective as we were when we first got here and got called into our ministry, and that uh, to pursue our purpose, fulfilling our calling to make disciples. See, in Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. See, today we're going to be focusing on sharpening, being sharpened by others through true community, with believers the way God intended. See, as Pastor Danny here at Cross United, our, one of our goals is to be able to provide true, authentic community. <clears throat> and it's important, and, uh, to, and we want us to, to reflect and the importance of true, authentic community, because because that is what we're about here at Cross United. And I want to go through multiple passages in Scripture that demonstrate the importance of community and the impact it has on our lives. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for just giving the opportunity to uh, share your word and open your word with these great people today. God, I pray that you just open our ears and open our hearts to what you want us to hear today. God, like Danny said, just... Uh, remove me, fill, fill this room with your Holy Spirit. Let your word be spoken, not, not my words, not any other person's words, but your words be spoken, God. I pray that we just, you know, can get something out of this message and just learn 
to how, how to be a true community, authentic community for your, for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's define the word community. The, communi- the definition of the word community is a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. See, in 2 Corinthians 6.14 says, Do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? See, authentic community has a common goal. See, the idea of being unequally yoked is the idea of you have one big oxen and you have one small little oxen. And their goal is to plow the field. But if you have one oxen that's, like I said, bigger, and he's plowing the field, he's working his thing, but you have a little oxen right next to him trying to do the exact same thing, that oxen, the bigger oxen, ends up doing a lot more work than it has to be when it's unequally yoked. It ends up having... It ends up being less effective because one, the oxen starts pulling to his way rather than the left than the left oxen keeping him straight, and it becomes a lot more less effective come plowing the field. And also, the other oxen has to end up doing a lot more work than the other, than it originally should be. So that's how it is for us believers. Us believers, we should not we should not yoke ourselves to unbelievers. We should be keeping ourselves yoked to. Um, to other believers that have the common goals, that have the common interests, that have the common mindset as us, so that we can be more effective at completing our goal. See, before we get in a little farther, I got a quick illustration to show the importance of of uh, yoking ourselves to equal. Um, I got my buddy Luke, who we heard last week, and I got his amazing son Christopher to come up. Come on, buddy, I need your help. <laughs> come on, bud. I know it's intimidating. Don't worry. I'm not going to make you do anything too crazy, kind of. <clears throat> All right, here we go. So this is the idea of what happens when we're unequally yoked. Chris, can you come grab this side for me? Luke, can you grab this side for me? All right, so here we go. So their goal as a team is to carry me to the other side. You got to. You, you both got to carry me, all right? You got to pick this side up, and your dad's got to pick that other side up. Here we go. And your goal is to get me across the stage. Here we go. Three. Two, one. That's that's not happening. Come on, Chris. Right, you mean right. to tell me? I mean, I understand. Right, hey, I understand. Hey, I'm a right, little right, bit bigger. Everything we got, okay. Use your legs. Right, there we go. Lift with your back. It always. One, two. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta go on three. You ready? One, two, three. Go. Oh gosh. <laughs> See, it doesn't work out. Now, if we switch, so Chris, you sit down. And now we get the idea of, hold on, I'm going to put the mic down. Good job, Chris. You can go back and have fun and forget about this old people stuff. So that's the idea of that's what happens when we're unequally yoked is that uh, it becomes our common goal is a lot harder than it needs to be. And our common goal as believers is to be like Christ and to make disciples. See, just like we read in Proverbs 27, iron sharpens iron. It doesn't say iron, uh, wood sharpens wood. It doesn't say rock sharpens iron. It says iron sharpens iron. So it's the idea of that we have to be in community. We have to be with other believers that have the common goals, that have the common interests, so that we can sharpen each other. And if you want to turn with me to Galatians chapter 6, verse 1 and 2, it's going to be on the screen. It says, Brother, brothers, 
Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourselves, lest you too be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. See, authentic community bears one another's burdens. When we get, so verse one, it starts off and says, you who are spiritual. Sometimes we hear that word spiritual and we automatically think someone who's spiritual. We think about the, the our pastors. We think about our upper upper leaders in the church. We automatically assume that that's what it means when it says spiritual, but no, it doesn't say that. It means fellow Christians who have been through the same situation. Then it goes on to say, <clears throat> um, uh, sorry, restore them in a spirit of gentleness. See, that means when a brother and sister comes with us seeking wisdom and help, it means that we help them in gentleness. It help means that we help them find that peace in Jesus Christ and what he did for us on the cross. In verse 2, it says um, to bear one another's burdens like, and fulfill the law of Christ. See, sometimes as humans, we're very selfish. We, we tend to think about ourselves rather than others because we're just born that way. We're born with the sin nature, but... It tells us that we need to bear each other's burdens just like Christ because Christ bared that ultimate uh, burden for us. He, so he want the, it's telling us to be like Christ and be willing to bear that burden just like how he bared ours. <clears throat> See, God intended community and fellowship to be a two-sided coin. It involves giving just as much as taking. We should, we should be absorbing all the encouragement and wisdom that we can, but we should also be doing that in return. means giving back to our community in the ways that we can. And maybe you're like, oh, Dakota, how do I give back, um, how do I give back um, to the community? One could be giving back financially. Maybe you see someone with, uh, struggling to make ends meet, and you, know, you just know that they're struggling. Maybe you give them some money. Maybe you say, hey, you know what? Buy the groceries this week on me. Maybe you just give them some money and say, hey, here's some gas money or whatever. Um, whatever you see the need is, uh, as community, we should be fulfilling that need. Maybe um, sharing your testimony and encouraging others is another way um, that we can help, uh, help our community out and what I mean by that is sometimes as believers, you know, sometimes we say, you know, don't be afraid to share your testimony. But sometimes we we look at it and we think about it and we're like, oh, well, I don't really have that extravagant of a story. I'm not an ex-con. I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not, you know, not. we don't have this extra, extravagant testimony. But your testimony is extravagant. Your testimony is amazing because it's unique to you and to you only. And odds are there's someone in this very room that is going through the exact same thing that you were going through. And so when you're willing to share your testimony, when you're willing to say, hey, you know what, I'm going to get out of my comfort zone and share it, odds are there's someone that can learn from it that's been dealing with the same problem and sees how you went through it and how you dealt with it. And now they can be encouraged in the way that you went through it. And now not only are they overcoming that, they're getting stronger in their faith with Jesus and their walk with Jesus. Another, the final one, and I feel like it's the most important in my opinion, is praying for your community. See, prayer is one of the most powerful things in my, in my mind. I feel like pray, there's a phrase that says, prayer is the hand that moves the hand of God. Prayer is the hand that moves the hand of God. There's nothing more encouraging when you're going through something, when you're struggling with something, to be able to know that I can, you can reach out to someone and 
Um, for me personally, when I'm able to text or call one of my friends and say, hey, man, I got this on my heart. I, I'm dealing with this right now. I got this going on in my life. And right then and there, bam, they, we can pray together. There's nothing more encouraging. When you're able to send out a text message and know that people are out there praying, it, it's so encouraging and so empowering just to know that, hey, I'm being, being prayed for. So don't be afraid to pray don't sometimes if you can't give financially if you can't give in certain ways just don't be you can pray it's okay to pray you don't have to be some spiritual uh um person you don't have to be someone who's just higher up on the chain you can just be who you are and just simply pray you don't have to go and do it on stage you don't have to go and tell everyone you can literally just pray in the comfort of your own home and just pray for who needs to be prayed for See, in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24 through 25, if you turn with me there, it's also going to be on the screen. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all are more you see the days approaching. See, authentic community meets together. This is more applicable now than I feel like it's because we never really had this problem. But because of COVID and last uh, that happened last year, we saw how easy it was to be able to say, hey, you know what? I don't really need to go to church. I can just watch online and it's the same thing. No, see, God calls us and tells us right here, spur one another on and <clears throat> And uh, good deeds. See, we can't do that. It's saying provoke each other and hold each other accountable to pursue the love and good deeds. See, it's a lot easier to do that. It's a lot easier to spur one another on. To, um, is toward perseverance requires being together. Community encouragement is how it's done. Is to be able to meet in person rather than just meeting online or over the phone or whatever, it needs to be in person is the best way and most effective way when it comes to meeting together. See, we come together as a community to encourage each other, to spur each other on, and also to keep each other accountable. See, Proverbs 27, 17, like, like we said, iron sharpens iron. So when it comes to iron sharpening iron, you can't just have one piece of iron in this hand, one piece of iron over here, and expect it to automatically sharpen each other. No, it has to come into contact with each other. It has to make contact. It has to be sharpened that way. So just how iron is sharpened by iron, we as believers need to be meeting together to sharpen each other. And not only that, so that we can hold each other accountable. See, sometimes and when it comes to community and being held accountable, sometimes we, we fear the word accountability because that means then we have to be honest. We have to be open with the people that we're with. And we fear that if we're truly 100% honest about ourselves and what we're going through, we're, we, we fear that people are going to judge us differently. But we can't be effective in our community. We can't be effective accountability partners if we're not being 100% honest with each other. So I encourage you to be 100% truthful so that we can help each other out. And uh, just as Christ has called us to be a community, to uh, commit to deepening our faith um, together. So um, again, turn with me to Mark chapter 2. It's a longer one, uh, starting in verse 1. I'll give you a second to turn there. So... So here we go. A few days later, when Jesus again 
entered Capernaum, the people heard that, the, that he had come home. They gathered in each large numbers that there was no room left, and even not outside the room, and preached, and he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to them a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get, in, get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it, and they lowered the mat the man was laying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does, the fellow, why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in their spirit that this is what they were thinking in their, in their hearts. And, what, and he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven, or, or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to them, I tell you, get your mat, take your mat, and get up and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. And, every, and this amazed everyone. <clears throat> and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. So we see a couple things. We learn a couple things about true community. True community is what these four friends did for this paralyzed man. They saw a need and they fulfilled that need. <clears throat> sorry. Um, the people are more. Oh, sorry. Wait, where am I? Excuse me. <laughs> Messed myself up. Um, so the, you see these four men that t went the extra mile to help this paralyzed man out. They picked him up and they carried him to Jesus. See, one of my favorite parts about this whole story, it's not um, what, what these people did. It's the fact that what are the names of these four guys? Do we, do we learn their names? Does the Bible tell us what the name is? No, that we don't because that information is not important. It's not who they are. It's what they did for this man. They saw a need, and they fulfilled that need. See, they stepped up where this man couldn't do for himself. That is what community is about. <clears throat> they, need, they, they, did what the need, they did what was needed to, be, to help this paralyzed man. Let's just take a second to appreciate how difficult that task was. This wasn't like an easy, like they loaded the guy up in a car and they drove him down. No, they, they carried this man to the building where Jesus was at, and they saw that, hey, the room was full. It was packed. It was all the way outside, and they could have easily just been like, oh, well, all right, and just dropped the man right then and there and just gone about their day. No, they went the extra mile. They took him to, up the stairs to the, to the uh, roof. They broke through the roof, which wasn't, couldn't have been easy because we read and learn how, how they made the ceiling back, how they made the roofs back then, isn't that? And it was with hard clay, and sometimes they would use some type of tile, and they would use palm branches and whatever they could. So they, so they ended up, they carried this man all the way up to the ceiling. They broke through the tiles. They broke through the roof, and they did everything they can. They opened this big hole, and then they lowered this man by hand. That's what, friend, that's what community is about. It's about going the extra mile to support each other. That is what it's about. See, and <clears throat> they did what needed to be done. See, I just want to brag about the community that God has blessed us and my family with these past couple months here at Cross United. Um, we just got here, 
And a couple months later, our, our baby girl, Jovi, decided she wanted to make an early appearance and kind of scares half to death. And, um, and we saw what true community was like here at Cross United. Even though you guys barely really didn't, uh, barely knew us, you guys stepped in and fulfilled where we, where we needed. You guys were praying for us. You guys were supporting us. You guys were willing to give, um, give us food and give us financially just um, giving gift cards and uh, to buy, be able to buy food through that uh, crazy time that we're living in. Not only through that, you guys also were willing. Um, we recently just moved into this new house. Um, that needed a whole lot of love, and some of you guys sacrificed your whole Saturday to come out and help demo the house and just um, help where we needed. So I just want to say thank you for that and just how God has blessed us through this amazing community that he's given us. And and uh, one other thing that we learn in Mark chapter 2 is we learn how difficult life is without community. Can you imagine what would happen to that man, the paralyzed man, if he didn't have those four friends? He wouldn't have been able to find, get to Jesus because he, would have, he can't do anything. He's a paralyzed man who literally just sit, who sits on his mat and begs for money all day long. So without those four friends, he would not have been able to get to Jesus to get healed. See, a lot of times in life we feel that, hey, you know, I don't need community. I don't need to have to surround myself with people because I can just do it by myself. And, yeah, you know, it's effective at first, just like the Acts uh, metaphors that, yeah, it's effective at first. We're chipping away. We're doing our thing. But after a while, we start to get dull. After chopping away at so many trees, after hitting so many things, your axe is going to get dull and eventually it's going to break. See, God God wants us to be in true community. He didn't create us just to be loners. He didn't create to say, hey, you know what, you, I just want you to stay over there and not do anything. No, God created us to be in community with each other. See, growing up, my youth pastor had this saying, and I'd all, we'd all, he'd say it felt like almost every day or at least two or three times a week. And eventually I'd actually start to make fun of him. Not in a mean way, but just to make light of it. But the phrase goes, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And now more than ever, I feel and I see the importance of that phrase. And I find myself doing it now where I'm saying it almost every week. I'm saying it in almost every message because the people that we allow to influence our life matters. And I say it a lot at, to kids, and that's because that's the, inform, it's the years where that's truly where their friends that they choose to make will direct where they go in their life. And sometimes I feel as adults, we kind of miss that. We, we, we think, hey, you know, I'm an adult, I'm this old, and I, I have my ways. I do, I do what I want to do, and I don't, no one veers my, no one changes my path. And I want to encourage us to rethink that and think about who are who is influencing our life. Who are we allowing to influence our life? Is it godly influences? Are we allowing the godly friends and family that God's put in us put in our life to influence our life for the better? Um, see, uh, um, what happened back in high school for me was when again my one of the most influential people in my life it was when my youth pastor um, one day growing up I wasn't the best of kids in high school I didn't do the best things so it got to a point where deten regular detention just didn't work on me so they literally had me doing manual labor um, I was out back in our bus barn raking mulch when my youth pastor came out and we had a heart-to-heart -heart and he called me out and he said hey man the people that you're allowing to influence your life right now are the people that are directing you down the wrong path and not the 
way that you should be going. So it was at that moment that I decided to stop letting the people that were influencing my life wrong way and let the people that the godly influences that God has put in my life. So I ask again, who are you allowing to influence your life? Is it in a positive way? Are they bringing you closer to Jesus or are they bringing you away? If not, I want to encourage you to find that community, find true community, um, because true community should be successfully helping us move closer to Jesus. And if you don't have that right now, then I want to challenge you to join one of our small groups that we're starting up this fall. You know, if you want to be a host home, be a host home. If you want to lead a small group, lead a small group. If you want to just simply show up, just simply show up. Because as long as you're getting, because all we care about is wanting you to be comfortable and having that true, authentic community that can bring you and lead you to Christ. Because as we all know, life has has some, life is hard sometimes. We go through hills, we go through valleys. And uh, right, the difference between the hills and the valleys, the difference between um, the church and the world is that for the church, we have God to help us get through those valleys. We have God, we have Jesus that can help direct us and support us through those hard times. Sometimes it's just hard to do. And the burden that can be lifted up a bit by the, by the community and support you have here. And you might even need to be carried, just like how that paralyzed man was pretty much helpless and couldn't be, um, could not get to Jesus himself. He had to have that support team carry him to Jesus. That's what it's about. That's what, that's how Christ intended, that's how God intended community to be, is to support each other and to help each other find true community and be able to grow closer in our walk with Christ. So what now? So here are some practical steps I want to leave us with. Find someone or a group of friends to keep you accountable. See, accountability partners can be very effective as long as you're um, as long as you read together, talk about what you're learning, call each other out, or call each other out when you are facing any call. E- sorry, <laughs> call each other when you're facing any kind of temptation, as we read in Proverbs, sharpening each other. And then, uh, second, remember to work on sharing with honesty. You see, honesty is the most important. When we're when we're chopping away in the world, when we're doing our thing, when we're just living our lives, we need to be willing to do it honestly, to be able to share op- share it openly and honestly, because it will most likely be helpful to others around and, uh, and to yourself as well. Another third one, keep meeting together. When we're out there chopping away at the world, we need true community to stay healthy and to encourage, healthy and encourage, so we can faithfully and effectively live out our calling. Fourth one, fill a need when you see one. Remember to help without expecting anything in return and be ready to step up when God calls you to step up and fill in when God wants you to fill in. And last but not least, remember that you're not alone. Um, So I know Danny's been gone and we really haven't been getting our Marvel references and uh, messages. So I decided I give I give a quick Marvel shout out again. Like Danny says, I don't endorse these movies, but it just kind of fits in perfectly with this last. So it's the it's the scene in the last end game in the last battle where Captain America's just getting ready. Everyone's he's beaten down. He's worn out. He's been doing all this fighting. And uh, so he's the only one standing up. He's standing up all by himself and he's got this whole army. He's got Thanos's full army right in front of him. See, sometimes that's how we feel, is that we feel like we're alone and we have this giant army in front of us. But that's not what it is. When you have true, authentic community, you have people around you. You get that voice in your, in your earpiece that says, on your left. 
And you go from being by yourself to having a whole army with you so that you don't feel alone. See, you have people around you that are willing to help you. Cross United can be part of your circle and community if you're willing if, and just want to be here for you. We're here for you. So, church, I want to close. I want to encourage you to get connected, whether if it's here at Cross United or at your own church. Get plugged into accountability partnerships or a small group Bible study. Let's remember that only iron sharpens iron. And be careful who you surround yourself with and who you allow in your life. Let's pray. Dear God, thank you for this opportunity. Thank you for just allowing me to uh, speak what you've put on my heart these past couple weeks. And just thank you for allowing me to be able to uh, articulate it. God, I hope it uh, came across and that, uh, that we just be a church of true, authentic community. God, help us to bear each other's burdens. Help, help us to be a church that's there for each other and there for our community. God, that we are there for each other and that we don't unequally yoke ourselves and that we uh, just stay there stay connected and that we stay meeting together, God, and that we just grow stronger in our walks with you, God, that we grow stronger, stronger and closer to you as our days go on. I pray that we have a good day and that we have a great week and bless it. And in Jesus name. Amen.